thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. So the title that was dropped in my spirit was Standing and Stirring. Somebody say Standing and Stirring. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Reading from the New King James Version, we'll start at verse 19 and we'll go through verse 25. I read from New King because I know that most of you all pastors read from New King. I'm a King James girl, so I'm reading from New King. I got my King James right here just in case I need to reference it because I learned the Bible in the King James. So sometimes stuff don't read right to me. I have to go back and read it in the King and see what the King said. All right, here we go. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I want to jump back up to verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Remember I said we were going to talk about standing and stirring. The first thing we have to do is we have to stand in the faith. We have to stand in the faith. This standing isn't an idleness like we think of standing. You know, sometimes we kind of standing around loitering, kind of waiting to see what might happen. Our faith shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't be waiting to see what might happen. Our faith is supposed to be rooted and grounded in what we know will happen. See, a lot of times we get caught up in what's going on in the world, and we just want to kind of stand by, and I'm just going to watch and wait and see, and I'm a hoping and a wishing. But true faith is not a hoping and it's not a wishing. True faith is a full assurance in the heart that God is who he said he is and that he can do everything that he said he can do. That every promise that he has made, it is true. The Bible says that all of his promises are yes and in him they are amen. So that's where we have to be. We have to have our feet planted on that thing. We have to have our feet planted on the rock of Christ because that's where our faith lies. We can't be dilly and dallying, wavering, tossed to and fro with everything that comes along. Some of us are so thrown off by who's occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue that we can't even pray. That's the White House for those who don't know the address. 
Some of us are so preoccupied with the economy and everything that's going on. And so anything that comes along, it causes us to get a little shaky in our faith. And I'm not standing because the economy fell. So now I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know if God will keep me. They're talking about shutdowns and layoffs on the job. So I don't know if my God will supply all my needs. We're wavering. We're all over the place. And then we wonder why the church ain't growing. We see what's going on in society. And well, they legalize it, so it must be okay. It's legal now. It's, it's, it's all right. We, we can do whatever we want to do. It's my thing. I can do what I want to do. That's not standing in the faith. Standing in the faith means I have my feet planted on what the word of God says. And it doesn't matter what comes, who goes, what laws change. It doesn't matter. I am standing on what God has said. And God, what God said is the thing that keeps me rooted and grounded. I'm never going to fall back because something else is going on in my life. Trials are going to come. Temptation is going to come. Tragedies are going to come. Do you know as Christians we're not exempt? Did not Jesus say, in this world you will have tribulation? But tribulation comes, and then we start, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't understand. Why did this happen to me? Because we're in the world. And in this world, we're going to have tribulation. Sometimes sickness is going to come. But can I stand on the word of God when sickness comes? If sickness comes, can I stand and say that God said that healing is the children's bread? So, God, today I'm going to take up my daily bread of healing. Can I stand on the word when anything comes, whatever it is that comes my way? Can I continue to stand or am I wavering? We have to stand in the faith. Colossians 1 and 23 says, continue in the faith grounded and steadfast. I like that word, steadfast. I like that word. It means resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. I'm going to say it again. Resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. That's what steadfast means. So when he calls me to be steadfast, to stay grounded and steadfast, to continue in the faith, then I'm resolutely and I'm dutifully firm. It doesn't matter what preacher comes along and comes on TV or writes a book that says something other than what the word of God says. I'm standing on what God says. It doesn't matter who, what prophet comes along and begins to try to tell me, oh, well, see, I see for you that Ronald Ray is your husband. Ronald Ray can't be my husband because he's already married to Jackie Ray. <laughs> Somebody prophet lying, and I believe the Bible. I don't believe any and everybody. See, that's why we have to be rooted and grounded. What is your faith standing on? 
Do you have a faith that's rooted and grounded in who Jesus is and what he has provided for you? Or are you just believing in faith? Are you just saying, okay, well, I go to church and I go through all the religious, you know, rigmarole. I do everything. I got my checklist. I'm doing this, that, and the third. But you don't have anything that's grounding you. What are you connected to? What are you planted in? What's rooted? When we, when we take a, if we were to go with the microscope and check out your root system, what would we find? Would it be like I was in the yard the other day? Y'all, somebody write that down. I was in the yard the other day. <laughs> and I was pulling up weeds. And it was amazing how I could grab the root weed. And if I gripped it just right and I pulled it, I got root and all. But you know what? It's a tree in my yard, too. I went to that tree, and I pushed up against the tree, and the tree didn't even move. I said, now, I could grab a weed and pull it because the roots aren't strong. They aren't secure. They don't run deep. Now, are you a weed or are you a tree? What's your root system looking like? Are you standing in the faith? Are you standing in the faith? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. That got me. What? Act like men. He's not talking about these wishy-washy things that we got nowadays. He's talking about biblical, firm, those who weren't scared to run into battle. When God sounded the alarm and said it was time to protect those who weren't scared to run into the battle, those who aren't scared. He's, God isn't calling for some, some scaredy-cat Christians. He said, be strong. Is your root system strong? What are you grounded in? What are you grounded in? We see what's going on in the world, all the outside pressure. We see what the enemy is doing. We see all the things that's coming along. Then 1 Peter 5, 9 tells us, resist him. Steadfast in the faith. That's the A portion of it. Just resist him and be steadfast. Stand on what you know. You might not know the whole book, but stand on the part of the book that you know. That's what it says when we say when we hold fast to our confession of faith. I got to believe without a shadow of a doubt that no matter what comes and who goes and who says what, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it doesn't matter if somebody else says that they're Jesus. I already know that that's not what he said he was going to come back like. So I know that they're not telling the truth. And then I'm not running behind that and leaving my root system. We got to stand. Stand. Stand in the faith. Stand in the faith. But I said that standing in the faith, we were going to talk about how our faith is going to impact our relationship with others. So somebody say, stand in the faith. So when I stand in the faith, it's going to give me some, it's going to help some people around me. See, because your faith, did you know your faith is not about you? See, because a lot of us think that when I get saved, then now it's all about me. And I just pray for my four and no more. I pray for what I want. I pray for my needs. And the only thing that I'm concerned about is me, 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 me. That don't even look like Jesus, does it? Doesn't even look like him. What if Jesus had a me mentality? Remember when he was struggling in the garden? He said, Lord. If it's possible, let this cup pass. Then he thought about it. Not my will. Yours be done. 
because he looked ahead and he saw he saw all of us. He saw me. He saw Carol. He saw, he saw Mike back there. He saw Joy. He saw Charlene. He saw all of us. He looked, he looked and he saw and he saw what we could be. He's like, all right, I'll go. He wasn't me-minded. And as a true believer, as I'm standing in faith, I can't be me-minded either. I got to start thinking about some other people and realizing that my standing is going to have an impact on them. One of the things that this word tells us, let's look at it. It says and in verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. See, as I stand in the faith, I'm going to stir up love in other people. Did you know that? It's going to stir up love because the motivation for everything that Christ has done for us is love. And if Christ's motivation is love and I'm in Christ, then my motivation is now love. John 13, 35 says that love is the mark of true discipleship. By this shall men know that ye are my disciples if you have love one to another. And see, I'm talking about real love. Not superficial, as long as you're acting the way I want, as long as you're doing what I want you to do, as long as you're still cute, as long as you're still fine. Not that kind of love. Mm -mm. Real love as described in 1 Corinthians 13. That's what God is calling us for. And it's going to have an impact. Let's just look at some of the things that it says. I'm going to read through it. I wrote it down. Love suffers long and is kind. Are we suffering long with our brothers and sisters? And I'm not just, ta- not just talking about Christians. I'm talking about your brothers and sisters at the workplace. Those unsaved folks. You know, the ones at the family reunion, your drunk uncle. That's always going to cut the nut. Are we suffering long? Are we kind to that cousin that's strung out on drugs? Are we suffering long and are we kind? to your little neighbor down the street who's always being rambunctious, always playing the music too loud. See, we got to get to that place. Real love that does not envy, Mm -hmm. that does not parade itself going around, look at me, look how wonderful I am. That's not puffed up. Don't you know I'm all that? Don't you know I'm here to preach the word? Why didn't y'all have my stuff laid out for me? See, that's puffed up. Don't you know that I am the greatest singer that ever graced the pulpit and y'all didn't have a gold microphone for me? See, that's puffed up. That's not real love. Doesn't behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. That one gets me every time. Like, what? I can't even think evil about him, Lord? No, because real love isn't going to operate like that. Real love isn't going to want any harm to come on you, no matter how you treat me. Real love says that, you know what? As bad as you're treating me, I'm still going to pray for your soul. As bad as you're treating me, as bad as you're acting, you're my boss and you're always putting me down. You're trying to railroad me out of my position, but I'm still going to pray for you because I know that there's something in you and that you're valuable unto God. And I'm still going to pray because I have this love that's operating on the inside of me and I'm going to begin to pray. Pray 
and ask God to bring you unto himself and that his love will be shared abroad in your heart just like it's been shared abroad in my heart. See, I can't think evil about people. It's not going to rejoice in iniquity. It's going to rejoice in the truth. It's going to bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things. This love, this real love, it never fails. So there's nothing that could happen that could cause the real love of Christ that's in you to be shaken. Because we're standing, remember? And this love that's operating on the inside of us is going to stir others to love. Do you know how hard it is to be mean to somebody that's loving you? Did not the word say that when, we, when we're operating in kindness, that's down in Romans, I believe, chapter 10 or chapter 12, when we're operating in kindness and how it's going to heat those coals on the other person's head. And it's not that that's something that's going to deter them, but it's that that fire is going to come and it's going to start cleansing and purifying their mind. Because this love that I'm operating in, because I'm standing in faith, is going to begin to stir up love in somebody else. This love is going to conduct itself in a manner that's consistent with God's character because God is love. So as we stand in faith, we demonstrate the love of Christ, and then we stir up that love in others. Looking back at our verse 24 in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, And let us consider one another in order to store up love and good works. We wonder sometimes why, why people don't want to do stuff, why people don't want to help out. Is it because, could it be? Could it be? Could it be you and me? Could it be that we're not operating in love? We're not standing in faith, operating in love, and it, they haven't been stirred to do good works. Sometimes when we come into an atmosphere, what's on us, should stir up something that's in somebody else. I can attest to this. The anointing that's on Elder Margot stirs up something on the inside of people. And whether they want to pray or not, they find themselves praying. (laughs) The anointing that rests on Carol for worship ministry when she comes around, it stirs up. And it's like, okay, even though I may be a little tone deaf, I'm like, I'm trying to hear what the note is because I want to be able to join in with what Carol is doing. So the anointing that lies on you and I for service, because was not Christ a servant first? The anointing that lies on you and I for service because we're standing in faith. In Christ, it should be stirring up and anointing for service in others. And if it isn't, it's because we haven't done our part. These good works that's being stirred up, that's a demonstration of our faith. Because I can't say that I love you and I see that you have a need and I'm not trying to meet your need. 
in some kind of way. Maybe I can't meet it physically, but maybe I can pray that God would send the one that could meet the physical need. Something is going to rise up on the inside of me that's going to say, oh, God, I got to do something. I want to partner with you in what you're doing because this is something that needs to be done. It's going to begin to stir up that good work on the inside. We're familiar with the passage in James chapter 2 that says that faith without works is dead. So when we think about that, we should be motivated to serve and meet the needs of others, knowing that our faith, our standing is going to stir up those good works. And people are going to start looking at their brother and not just saying, oh, like in James, brother come in and say he's hungry. And we just say, oh, go, be filled. God be with you. Go in the power of the Lord. May the Lord strengthen you. No, that man needs some food. Are you stirred up the good works to offer him a meal? Maybe take him grocery shopping. Get him a gift card or something. Are we stirred to do these good works, or do we think that that's the job of the hospitality ministry? Oh, no, that's not me. That's the outreach ministry. See, when somebody come in off the street, it's not my responsibility because I'm not a part of the outreach ministry. So you go to outreach. No, I already outreach to you. Stir up the good works. Stir up the good works. Stir up the good works. Another thing. Let our faith, as we stand, that's going to stir up. And God had me change the order this morning because he wanted to go somewhere with this. He's going to tie it all together, I promise. It's going to stir up faith. As you stand in faith, it stirs up faith. Stirs up faith in others. See, when unbelievers see us holding fast to our confession of faith through every trial, through tribulation, through difficulties, through tragedies, through sickness, through disease, and all that other stuff, it begins to open up their curiosity. They're like, hmm. Have you ever had someone say, hmm, I don't know how you're holding on. I would have lost my mind. I would have gone off. I would have done this and I would have done that. How were you able to hold your tongue? When they were slandering your name, how were you able to do such and such and thus and so? See, it begins to stir their curiosity. Now they want to know what's going on on the inside of you. Don't you know that op opens up the door that now you have a chance to witness to them? Oh, I can do that because I have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm rooted and grounded in him. And let me tell you, you can have the same faith too. See, it begins to open up their curiosity. And then you'll have an opportunity to stir up faith in an unbeliever. Standing in the faith also stirs up faith in other believers. Because sometimes we might be at the point where we have the wimpy faith. Or all I have is saving faith and I don't trust God for nothing else and I just got to try. You know, I got to pull myself up by my own bootstraps and I just got to try to make it on my own because, you know, I don't know uh, God ain't never done nothing like that for me before, so I don't know. But do you know that standing in the faith will begin to stir up faith 
and belief in other people. I look at Joy and I see her journey through breast cancer and how she stood in faith and she stood on the word of God. And guess what? Now others, when they're faced with that same issue, the first thing they do is, okay, Joy, look, I need you to stand with me because I saw what he did in your life and I'm believing him to do the same thing in my life. And so I want you to stand with me. Come on. And, and see, their faith is encouraged. And then their faith begins to grow and then their faith begins to mature. I can tell you a story of my own life. Some of you have heard it before, but I used to work for Bank of America, and I was happy in my position. I was in Midtown. I was doing great, and they said they were moving to Kennesaw. And I told them the Lord did not call me to Kennesaw. And so for two years, they held on moving to Kennesaw because God was putting things in motion. And I said, they said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, the Lord didn't call me to Kennesaw. I can't go with you. Then it came time to make the decision. What are you going to do? I'm going to trust God. What do you mean you're going to trust God? You're not going to have a job. I'm going to trust God. You're not going to have a job. You know you're sickly. You're not going to have benefits. You're not going to have this. You're not going to Oh, they ran down the whole roll of what I wasn't going to have. And I said, but you know what I do have? I have faith in God, and I'm not going because he did not call me. I know he didn't call me to Kennesaw. I know I wouldn't be able to fulfill my assignment that he has for me in Lithonia and Covington if I'm driving back and forth to Kennesaw. So I can't go with y'all. I'm going to stand right here, and I'm going to trust God. And I had one of my coworkers look at me. The closer we got to our exit date, our exit date was November 5th, 2010, and I believe it was sometime around October. She looked at me and she said, I'm just watching you, and you believe in God. And you know what? I believe God. She had never said anything like that to me before. She said, but your faith has encouraged me, and now I believe God. She said, I'm going to Kennesaw because I believe I'm supposed to, but I believe what God is going to do for you. See, it stirred up faith in her. It stirred up something in her, and she had to believe God just like I did. And let me tell you, because that's not the end of the story. I left in 2010. I didn't get another job until September of 2012. Didn't miss a bill. Didn't miss a meal. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> because I stood on faith. And that faith began to stir something in other people. I'm going to show you what he showed me. Go back to 2 Kings. I believe it's around chapter 5. And show how the love and the good works and the faith all works together. How my standing is going to stir that up in other people. What he showed me was looking at Naaman. Back there when Naaman, everybody remember the story of Naaman and how Naaman was this great warrior. And he had won captives for his country, but he was also a leper. And then God began to, uh, he captured this little Israelite girl. And he brought her into slavery. See, that's important. African-American people. He brought her into slavery. In her slavery, she looked at him and she said, I know somebody that can heal you. 
the love of God was stirred in her heart that even though she was in captivity, she knew that this man had a great pain and he had a great need. So it stirred up something on the inside of her. And the love of God was just so strong that she said, I know somebody that can heal you. You need to go and see the man of God that's over there in Israel. And they sent the letters and did all of that stuff. And then the man of God, he didn't really want to, you know, the king was kind of tripping. He thought, you know, they, they trying to have war with me. Now they got beef with me. I don't know how to heal nobody. But the man of God heard and said, here, tell him to do this. Just tell him to go, go dip in the Jordan seven times. Now pride stepped in. Pride stepped in in Naaman. But the love that was in the little girl stirred up the good work that was in the man of God. And then the man of God told him, look, I'm not going to tell you anything different. You go and do what I told you to do. And he went and dipped those seven times, and then he was cleansed from the leprosy. Everybody remember that? If you don't remember it, go back and read it. It's in 2 Kings chapter 5. You go back and read it. And then when he came up, he said, now I know. There is no God in all the earth but in Israel. See, the love that was shed abroad in that little girl's heart because she knew who her God was and she had she knew the stories. She remembered the witnesses. She had heard all these great things that had happened and she knew that the man of God was able to do what he said he would do. So the love that was stirred up in her began to stir up the good works in the man of God and the good works in the man of God stirred up faith in that. Can somebody say standing and stirring? Let's go on over to the New Testament. Look in the chapter in Acts. I believe it's somewhere around. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's chapter. I don't want to tell you wrong. Chapter three, when Peter and John were coming up to the gate called Beautiful and the guy was sitting there and he was begging and they said, you know what? I don't have no silver and gold for you, but there's something on the inside of me. There's a love and a compassion that's stirring up on the inside of me. I see you the way Jesus sees you and I love you. So this is what I'm going to do. This is where my good work is coming in. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk and so that love that was in him began to stir up a good work and they began to command the man to rise up and walk. But here's where faith came in. His faith was stirred up because this man had been paralyzed since birth. He got up and he did something that he had never done before. Don't you know that it takes faith to do something that you've never done before? And they were able to take him up and he was able to step out and walk. Now, it didn't say that they carried him. It didn't say that they coached him. It didn't say that they held on to him for a while until he got his bearings. It just says that he simply got up and walked because they were standing in faith on who Jesus is. And it stirred up love in them and it began to stir up a good work in them and then it stirred up faith in a man somebody say standing and stirring my standing in the faith is going to stir up something on the inside of others my standing in the faith is going to begin to stir up love in others my standing in the faith is going to be able to stir others to good work my standing in the faith is going to cause others to come to Christ and those who are already in Christ is going to cause their faith to be fortified We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.